0: one of the interesting consequences of Obamacare, the profits of insurance companies have doubled. Mm. In 2008, the top ten insurance companies, they had about eight billion dollars in profits. In 2015, they had doubled to 15 billion. And so, of course, we shouldn't be bailing out insurance companies. And, you know, one of the things that was also very clear, what the Obama administration was doing, writing billions of dollars of checks, Mm -hmm. was illegal. Mm -hmm. It was contrary. Congress hadn't appropriated the funds, so the president is doing the right thing. Lying
1: Ted. You're a liar. Ooh.
2: But you have to spell it right. It's L-Y-I-N apostrophe.
3: Lion Ted. The Bible held high. He puts it down and then he lies.
1: <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> Just a little comment on the politics of our time. A bit of a distraction from the topic. Which is the president's big move in the last 24 hours, re-Obamacare.
0: And in the last 24 hours, the two of the people the president treated the worst during the campaign, <clears throat> Rand Paul and Ted Cruz, have come to his defense and said, this is a good move. That's politics, man. Yeah. yeah. How about that? The insurance companies have doubled their profits since Obamacare started? Allegedly.
1: For that uh, little nugget of information or a confirmation... And- much more, we turn to our good friend, Craig, the Obamacare li- uh, l- lawyer, not liar, lawyer. Oh, Lion Craig! L-I-I-N apostrophe!
3: I don't need to spend my Fridays this way.
1: <laughs> Long time the uh, Armstrong and Giddy authority on health policy and benefits and that sort of thing. So, Craig, welcome. How are you, sir?
3: I'm well. How are you, gentlemen? I'm well, glad
0: I got a ha out of you last night when I texted, Trump's new move, good thing or bad thing?
3: Yeah, I thought- so, Screw you, Jack. It's late, and I'm, I'm drinking scotch already. That's not an easy question. <laughs> All right. So, for folks uh, just
1: tuning into this situation, what did the president announce? And and we'll get to what it means.
3: Um, the the Obamacare as it was passed in 2010 has two different forms of subsidies in it. The one that we're overwhelmingly familiar with is the assistance in buying the plans, the premium assistance, which goes to anybody making four times the federal poverty level or less okay there was another lesser known more confusing subsidy within obamacare that was to help people with their deductibles and their co-insurance if they actually made 2.5 times the federal poverty level or less these are called the cost sharing subsidies this is what president trump eliminated yesterday
1: okay how big a number is that how significant
3: well, for the, that's it's interesting you said that for the remainder of this year, they're saying it's only seven or eight billion dollars for for if it were to continue next year, it would obviously be a much bigger number, about four times that. Um, it It's significant in that it's it affects roughly 50 to 60 percent of all people who are buying exchange plans now. And those people that were affected, those people that were buying what's called the silver plans in the exchange and that qualified for this, not to get too complicated. So roughly you could say this is going to affect half or more of the people buying Obamacare, and it's going to increase their premium above and beyond the other increases they would have seen next year mm-hmm. by 10 to 20 more percent.
1: Okay. All right. So it's okay. – it's, well, go on. Is there, is there more well, we should let know? Give you,
3: let me give you one state example. I'll give you two state examples to, to just hammer this home. So California had announced already back in August They had said, hey – all of our exchange plans are going to go up 12.5%. However, because they kind of saw this might be coming, they said if the Trump administration does finally eliminate these cost-sharing subsidies, we'll have to increase the price of those plans, double that, up to 25%, for the 60% of people in our exchange that are in that boat. Idaho was going to go up 20%. Now, because of this change, Idaho's exchange plans for this half of people is going to go up. 40%. 40%.
0: And that's obviously a huge jump. So critics yeah. of this all day long, when we're hearing people saying, uh, you know, the people that need it the most are really getting screwed here, is that fairly accurate? Whether or not yeah. long-term, it's a good good idea. Right,
3: whether, whether or not, setting all the constitutional stuff aside, setting aside the long-term, they're absolutely true. The people... This impacts. So you say, well, wait a minute. So this this impact specifically, it impacts people making one hundred and thirty five to two hundred and fifty percent of the federal poverty level. People making less than that already get Medicaid and they're not impacted by this. People making more than two hundred and fifty percent of the federal poverty level don't get these subsidies anyway. So just to put that in perspective for a family of four, this impacts those families taking home thirty three to sixty two thousand a year for a family of two it affects those families taking home twenty two to forty thousand a year. Okay. And so again, that's roughly half of the people in the exchanges are gonna see a ten to twenty percent increase. Above and beyond what they were already going to see, which was already going to be 10 to 30 percent, depending upon their state.
1: Right. So you're already not well off. You could be devastating. But, uh, do we have yeah. a grip on how many to- people that is total? Because especially on the left, there's an effort to portray every, uh, every, you know, adjustment, every, uh, well, adjustment to Obamacare as affecting everyone's quote unquote health care when in fact it affects a fairly small group of people's health insurance.
3: Yeah, that's that's insanity. So um, so I can answer that two ways. One way is to say on like on an exchange plan specifically, you're still only around about 12 million Americans that are on an exchange plan itself. This is going to impact anywhere from half to a little more than half. So you this this you're looking at this impacting six to maybe seven million American families.
0: Worth keeping in mind as you hear uh, the news all day long. We're talking about yeah. seven million people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, now, and God bless them. They they don't need this kick in the uh, you know what. But,
0: but is the but, but it's the point of kicking these seven million people to try to hurry the demise of Obamacare so everybody's forced to do something about it.
3: Yes, that that's absolutely it, Jack. I mean, there's there's if, there is a. There will be constitutional. There are constitutional purists that look at this and say this is absolutely the right legal move. And I can explain that a little more to you as well. But but it, it is. There's no doubt about it. But that's not why Trump is doing it. We, we don't, I don't think we all sit around and think of Trump as a constitutional scholar. Right. Sitting around with Tim the lawyer, pontificating. <laughs> um, he's, he's doing this because this will hasten the demise of the exchange. And it'll do so right like a month before open enrollment. And it'll do so on the lowest cost people who are actually in the exchange, the lowest income families. Mm. So it's going to force Democrats to the bargaining table on health reform again, I think.
1: Okay. Interesting. Uh, Craig Gottwalls is on the line. Um, we we have a link at the website, or we will, uh, if you need help with uh, health benefits and that sort of thing. He's an expert in that. He's also an attorney. So real quick, um, Ted Cruz, in the clip we played just before you came on, said that health insurance companies' profits had doubled uh, in the last several years. Is that more or less accurate?
3: Yeah, that is about accurate. I mean, they play a little bit of games with the numbers, but if you, if you look at the uh, Wall Street reporting, that is about accurate. Interesting. <laughs> so, so Obamacare has been good for big business. There's no doubt about that.
0: Which is really, really interesting. Yeah, you don't hear that pointed out a lot either. Yeah what uh, What about
1: Rand Paul's plan, which it sounded like the president adopted, saying that anybody could form an association and across state lines, the circles, the circles well, again with he, the circles. There he goes yeah. with the circles. Oh, uh, well, how significant was that? What do you think of it all?
3: I think it's a it's a great move in the right direction. However. Um, They're only talking about doing it for individuals and small businesses at this point, which is good. I mean, small businesses is a big step. But it's my understanding that you would need actual legislation to do this on any meaningful large scale. In other words, I foresee that becoming just more of a litigation problem down the road as there are various state laws and so forth that um, are not in accord with what the president just wants to do by waving a, a pen yesterday.
1: Oh, so I live in state A, I want to cross state lines and buy an insurance plan for state B, but my state's laws say that insurance plan is illegal.
3: Or or, or the other state, the state B, where you might want to buy it, it may not be legal either, or both, et cetera, yeah. Oh, boy. So it, it's not something that, I, if this is not something I think you can do as easily as he said. I, I certainly think it's the, the intent is good and the spirit is good, and you'll get some states that will make this lawful, but... Um, Like to do this in in the marketplace I work most with large businesses, you you would need more you would probably need both federal and state legislation to actually make it functional.
1: But at this point it's worth reminding everybody that what we're talking about is not the big company, big market insurance world, except that it's affected by the overall economics of the thing. We're talking about the individual market.
3: That's which sucks. It's it's And that's true for both the association across state lines topic as well as this other topic on the subsidies. However, I will say that I am starting to see more uh, the bleed over effect of the exchange. Because so, for example, in California, just to to take one state as an example, the exchanges are going up 12 and a half percent before this move, whereas my employer plans were going up like six and a half percent. But those employer plans probably should have only gone up like five percent. I think you're starting to see some bleed over of, you know, insurance companies saying, man, we're losing so much money over here on this particular thing. Let's let's use that as a rationale to jack up premiums across the board for even larger businesses."
0: My my final question, and we're about out of time, so it'll have to be a short answer. Do you still think we're on a more or less irreversible road toward single payer government health care? It's just a matter of when.
3: Yes, I do. Okay. I, I, I think it's a 10-year, roughly, 10-year time frame, and it, it, that won't change, guys. But my opinion on that won't change until until we have some sort of massive change at the federal level on entitlements and deficits and budget and, you know.
0: Which there's no our, reason to expect.
3: <laughs> yeah. Everything in our culture is towards giving away more stuff and paying higher taxes.
0: Wow. Uh, now I, that's I, a depressing note
1: on a Friday morning. My <laughs> final question is, are you some sort of communist? <laughs>
0: Uh, good no, no, for no. you. This
3: is not what I'm rooting for. It's just what I right. see. <laughs> good for
0: you for just recognizing reality, which is what your job is. That's what you get paid to do. But it's like, uh, what's his name? The budget director who came out the other day said, look, nobody's going to actually deal with entitlements. And so cut the, spending. See, the only way we can deal with this is try to grow. That's what we're trying to do. We've given up on It's not that we've given up. It can't be done. We think it's the right thing to do, but nobody's going to do it. So let's deal with reality. Craig's saying the same thing about health
1: Yeah, the director of OMB is yeah. saying, forget it. It's over. The idea of reigning in spending is a complete non-starter.
3: I've given up. Well, health is his number one problem. I mean, it's even bigger than Social Security, really. Medicare,
0: oh, good Medicaid, good point. He's talking about yeah. what you're talking about, because that's the We're big driver.
3: We're talking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, you can find uh, Craig Gottwald's non-communist at benefit-revolution.com. That's it, isn't it? Benefit-revolution.com?
3: That is right,
1: gentlemen. All right, and we got to get together for a big nasty hamburger one of these days, all right? That's true. All right, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, guys. See
0: you, Brock. This moment in history will go unnoticed and unrecognized. You just noticed it and recognized it. But most people aren't going to notice it or recognize it. Um, in that... The really smart people who do this for a living, who want to be responsible, are saying it's not going to happen. That's never going to happen, so let's just deal with reality. In the words of Warren Zevon, looking for the next
1: best thing, which is somehow stimulating such wonderful economic growth that we can earn our way out of it.
0: That is interesting.
1: Uh, you Mommy's say- not going to give up cocaine, Johnny. We need you to go work at the shoe factory.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you said you have lots of good stuff. I lied. No, I oh, in oh. Craig. L-I-I-N
1: <laughs> apostrophe. <laughs> no, we-, we do have some really good stuff. The, the NCAA's ruling on the North Carolina academic scandal. The scandal was hilarious. The ruling's even funnier. Awesome.
0: America's obesity epidemic is getting worse. didn't know that. Yes, and much more. I know I'm doing my part. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Born from the scandals of Harvey Weinstein, Tiger Woods, Carlos Danger, and other sex-soaked celebs a new effort to help beleaguered celebrities during their time in need. It's a rehab facility, Jack and Joe's Guitars and Goats Rehab, a center for personal enlightenment. This new state-of-the-art facility features a number of Jack Armstrong's farm animals and the special therapy that only they can provide. Not like that, sicko. Jeez, treatment includes an incredibly unique one-on-one experience with Jack's cute black pug, who will stare at you while you're in the shower. (laughs) We call that Mr. Puggleworth's Promise. This is pretty creepy. Also guaranteed, you'll be just as pervy when you get out as you were when you went in. Harvey, call us. We've got your bunk ready. Mr. Puggleworth will keep the bed warm for you.
0: That was a born out of us mocking the rehab that uh, Harvey Weinstein is going to, and Tiger Woods went to, and <laughs> Carlos Danger went to. Where we're we're not convinced they actually want to uh, change their behavior.
3: Right. That's none of your business.
1: Why, sorry, Tiger. Sorry to intrude. Hilarious. That's yeah. pretty funny. All Harv is clearly not at all interested in seeking healing. I have more details. He's seeking escape from the the s storm he's currently engulfed in. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: I have more details on the uh, the family released in, uh, in Afghanistan yesterday, so stay tuned for that. That's a weird story. Weird from the first moment I heard it. Everybody?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, slight echoes of Bo Bergdahl.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, I, I have a choice for you, Jack. I have a number of choices, as a matter of fact. What we're going to do, we have uh, six pounds of show and a five-pound bag. Do we go with... Old words that sound dirty but aren't. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Do we go with the completely ludicrous North Carolina University of North Carolina academic scandal story um, and I'm the NCAA Matt. ruling on that? Or uh, echoes of Harvey Weinstein? We have more stories of Oof. sexual harassment, assault, rape, etc. Uh, workplace bosses, and the way people deal with that sort of thing. That's pretty grim, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'm in the mood for grim. It is important to have that stuff out there so people realize how often it does occur. A lot more than I knew, I'll tell you that. Uh, Or, your final choice. After
1: all of the discussion, after all of the stupid, stupid soda taxes, after all of the programs and government spending, uh, the latest numbers say America is getting fatter than we were
0: a few years ago when this conversation started. We'll get to a lot of the other stuff, but I actually want to hear that partially because you know who's going to fat stuff. Yeah, you know who's going to tell you the truth in your life. Me, I will. M- Joe Getty. <laughs> more than your wife or husband, more than anybody, small children will be honest with you.
2: <laughs> so true. <laughs> they have no filter.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And I had to take off my shirt yesterday, and my five-year-old said, you have fat baboos. Oh, my. <laughs> my wife wouldn't say that. Oh, my. My. Son, son, let's not be commenting on people's baboos. <laughs> he made me take my shirt off because I was wearing my Guns N' Roses t-shirt yesterday that's got a, a skull on the front, and he finds it scary. Oh. So I take it off and turn it around. But when I took off my oh. shirt, then he attacked me for my physique, and I don't know. Have you all played as many and-
1: Guns N' Roses? <laughs> Not no. that one. They like "Sweet Child of Mine." Oh, but, okay. Yeah. That's a good one. <clears throat> That's a nice one. I was uh, I was d- d- puttering around the house trying to. We're still trying to set up our new house. You know how it is. There's still a box over there. There's still the pictures are still stacked instead of on the walls. I was looking for a cool picture of uh, dead flowers back when my band played, and there were some really cool shots of the biggest show we ever played. But in like all of them, I got the double chin. Never mind rocking the tunes, I'm rocking the double chin. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? I could, but somebody, the guy who took them, nice pics, and thank you for sending me the prints, but, what, do you not have a little Photoshop over there? You don't have a little uh, Corella thing like that? You get just a little nip, a little tug
0: there? Come on now. You know, he, has, uh, needs. you know, the interesting thing, so the five-year-old says you have fat baboos, because yes. at five, you have, So do you! At five, Is you have way- no filter. <laughs> right. But my seven-year-old, who obviously is at that age where you're developing a filter, Mm -hmm. he said, Dad's not fat for his age. And he even had that pause in there. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh,
1: boy. You got to send Sam over to my place now and again. I like that. He's got good material. He's not fat for his age. (laughs) Eh, well. Eh, well. The United States will not be escaping the obesity epidemic crisis anytime soon. Nearly 40% of adults and 19% of youth are obese. 19? Not not overweight or obese, but obese. 19% of youth? Yeah, 20%. One out of five. And and listen, not That's like something. my generation was great. To, to some extent, although we're on the younger end of this, my, my generation raised the current fat, fat, fat generation. So who's looking at whom here? But... You look at our class pictures, honest to God, there might have been one heavy kid out of 25, 30 kids, one out of 30, not
0: one out of five. Saturday Night Live reran. Did you know they rerun old episodes before the new episode every Saturday, which I really love, like old ones. Very cool. And they chose this past week an episode from 79 with Tom Petty as a musical guest. So it was awesome. He sang Refugee. Oh, man. And uh oh, 79, yeah, back when Damn the Torpedoes came out. Yeah, so he sang, you know, to the great classic rocks. But anyway, so Tom Petty's on there, and everybody's so skinny. Now, I know they're, you know, possibly coked up rock stars, but I also said to my wife, that's what a lot of people looked like in the 70s. We just, we forget. Yeah. Lots of people were just skinny. I look, you know, class pictures, everybody's skinny. You look at pictures way back in the day, yeah. 40s, 50s, everybody's skinny. Right. That's just what people looked like. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We don't anymore.
1: 20% of youth are obese. The highest rate the country has ever seen uh, in all adults, according to a research released by the National Center for Health Statistics. Since 1999, there's been a staggering rise in the prevalence of obesity, particularly in adults. No sign of it slowing down, according to the lead researcher.
0: And is there still no, like, nailed down consensus on why? Is a- ask still... me. I'll tell you why. Well, OK, but it's always like that. Every There's... The video games, the lack exercise, Except fast right. food, <laughs> high fructose, corn, corn syrup. It's all
1: of it. It is all of it. It is the emergence of industrial food in the United States. It is. Well, and, and certainly the number of calories burned among youth per day on average has gone way, way down in the last 40 years. There's so no denying that. But
0: My kids get less exercise than I did, no matter how hard I try.
1: Well, right, right. And we've gone from a society where the average American family ate out once a month to now once a day, in a lot of cases, one meal a day, maybe it's lunch, you go out uh, to lunch with your coworkers, or maybe the family grabs KFC or whatever. It's gone from once a month to certainly four or five times a week.
0: And also there's this... Why'd you have to say KFC? I had an unfortunate experience just two nights ago <laughs> with KFC. It was my yearly... This, You know what sounds good? Oh, no, boy. Once <laughs> a year I do that. There's this... Even in my, when I was a kid, like after school, there was this, hey, go outside, play with your friends, come back at six and we'll have dinner or whatever. Right. If you yeah. do that now, you get reported for child protective services. In some right. cases, you actually do. Yeah. You can't just have your kids outside playing, burning off that energy, getting rid of that anxiousness that they have or whatever. It's, I, I think the best info we've gotten recently is, um, Story I mentioned the other day, they have KFC went to Ghana and now Ghanaians are fat.
1: Hmm. The people
0: of Ghana. You know the um, one thing
1: we I left out is and and, I,
0: I'm betting their kids aren't exercising less than they did. No, KFC showed up. That's yeah, what happened. I guess I Americanized fast food showed up.
1: Well, the one thing we left out, partly because I think everybody knows this, is eating out. Uh, The the restaurant meal has many, many more calories than the average home-cooked meal. Um, Youth obesity rates seem to be more stable in recent years. So the adults are getting fatter and fatter. The kids, at least they think, have stabilized. But it's too early to tell what direction uh, youth obesity will take. Uh, They need to at least have four more years of data to, to be confident that there's any sort of trend happening. What's very striking about this info is that there's been a 30% increase in adult obesity and a 33% increase in youth obesity from 1999 to the current time despite government focused efforts to address the issue according to the blah 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 School of Public Health at George Washington University.
0: Um, God, I got to quit eating the yummy food. It's that stuff that's, that's, that, that's chemically designed to trick your brain to eat more of it. That's the stuff you got to stay away from.
1: Yeah, Jude and I have left that sort of stuff behind to a large extent. It takes you a couple of days because everything, everything in the American industrial diet is hyper-sweet, hyper-salty, hyper-savory. It's just like exploding with favor. Like every bite of food has to be the end of the roast beef. In terms of the intensity <laughs> of the flavors, yeah. and just once you once you leave that behind, it just it regular food tastes uh, plenty great. Uh, shall we break it down by race? I'm looking at you, my Hispanic friends. You had an obesity rate of forty seven percent. Whoa, forty half. Whoa, half. Yes, wow. The, the black folks are about a donut away from tying the Hispanic folks. They're at 46.8%, two-tenths of a percent behind the Hispanic folks. Uh, white folk, 40%. The Asian people, you lead everything. Kudos. 12.7%. Wow.
0: wow. A good job. Yeah. yeah.
1: Among the Utes, it's pretty similar.
0: And is the Asians eating a different diet, or is their metabolism different? I don't know. Don't know. Well, probably both. And and just
1: the cultural values. Nobody ever wants to talk about cultural values. What do you consider important? Eating in, in your family? Eating? Is it eating? Is it learning? Is it to the leisure? Is it to whatever?
0: You don't have time to eat when you're doing all that math. <laughs> Is that it?
1: Well, yeah, that's it. That's right. Why don't you write your own study and you can? So do we all do have to that go to the, the meeting
0: end? or just you
1: or yeah, how does right. this work?
0: Yeah, exactly. I was out of the room. Yeah.
1: Quick, hit the music before he says anything else, Michael. Wow. That's
0: something so you'd have thought when we all became aware of all this 20 years ago that it would have started to decline by now, but it's continuing to grow. Uh Uh-huh. Us individually and the problem. Uh-huh. That's amazing. What's coming up in your news, Marshall?
2: Well, Trump targeting Iran today. Twitter policies getting in the way. The Fed's investigation into Russian meddling. And we've got crowds massing for an anti-Weinstein demonstration. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty.
0: Watching Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers on Saturday Night Live from 1979. I don't think there was a guy there that weighed 130 pounds. <laughs> you got the rock and roll diet. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Yeah, I think I was in my late 30s when we got our trampoline. So, yeah. Yeah. I
0: was definitely closer to my trampolining prime when we got ours than you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still,
1: you're, you're, you're gutty.
0: Here's to you. We play this game called a Shield, where they get on these little um, cushions from uh, chairs, and they sit on top of them, and I try to bounce them off. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty fun game. Fantastic. I say, are you ready? You're going to be crying for your mama. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I say every time. Ah,
1: yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Okay, news now Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is teasing his upcoming announcement about the Iran nuke deal. But I pledge that... In a Trump administration, our nation's religious heritage would be cherished, protected, and defended like you have never seen before. At a conservative summit in D.C. today, Trump said his upcoming speech will be very interesting. He was talking. They always are. So, what does
0: he mean when he reviews one like Did that. Did he say it in his whispery gangster
2: voice? Very interesting. Later today, Trump will announce whether he's going to decertify the Iran nuclear deal. The multination accord was negotiated in 2015. Trump has called it a horrible deal. That speech is expected to come down in about an hour from now. Here's my prediction. He says, we're decertifying it. It's the worst deal I've ever seen, which
1: sends it back to Congress yep. to take a look at the sanctions, et cetera, et cetera. And Congress says, you know, uh, all your top advisors are saying we probably ought to stay in the deal. So uh, we think we ought to uh, stay in the deal. And the president gets to say to his base, hey, I, I decertified it. I kicked those mullahs right in their all package. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, the the situation remains fairly stable. That's my prediction. We'll see if I'm right.
2: Security experts say that Twitter deleted tweets and other data important to federal investigators looking into Russian meddling in last year's election. Really? Why? Politico's reporting the tweets were deleted in the course of Twitter's standard and aggressive policies protecting user information.
0: Yeah, that's what everybody always says when they're trying to cover up stuff. Bull crap! So maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But that's what everybody always says.
2: Yep, yep. Got a crowd rallying outside the Manhattan DA's office right now for its failure to prosecute Harvey Weinstein. The group made up of sexual assault survivors and their advocates calling for a full account of the DA's, quote, handling and failure to charge a serial predator.
0: Meanwhile, I think it's interesting that the evidence that the NYPD had, that tape, uh, wasn't mm-hmm. enough for NBC News to run a story, right? wasn't enough for a district attorney to press charges, was enough from the for the wife of his children to say, I'm out. Doesn't that t- isn't that interesting? <laughs> yes, it was proof yes. enough for her. Yes, yes, to blow up their whole marriage. Well, here's the
1: key. Listen, if you're ever charged with a crime or you're ever in trouble, here's your strategy: become really, really wealthy, and if you can mix it in, powerful too. Because if you are wealthy and powerful, you are a much more difficult target to take down,
2: and nobody wants a hard day at work, so they'll think, oh, yeah, man, maybe not. As Weinstein is heading off to rehab, TMZ is telling the story about his deal with his company. In fact, uh, Weinstein's lawyers are going after the Weinstein company for firing him because he apparently had a contract that shockingly allowed him to stay on with the company no matter how many sexual harassment claims were lodged, as long as he paid the settlement costs himself and a penalty to the company. That's right. His contract, we talked about this a little earlier, is specifically
1: structured so that if he does something despicable, he keeps his gig and he has to pay them uh, a fine. So they make a profit on it, in effect, but can you imagine the lawyers all getting together and hashing out a Harvey's gonna rape somebody clause (laughs)
0: in the contract? And then afterwards saying, we had no idea it was this kind of guy.
1: How many people have to be involved in that?
0: What do the negotiations sound like? How long does that take? How common are contracts like this? I'm guessing not that common. How big is the penalty? What does the lawyer say? Well, you know, he's probably not going to stop raping people if it's just right. $10,000. We'd like
1: it to be multi-tiered, starting at more like $50,000. Well, we could probably see our way clear to starting at twenty-five. I mean, what? Those the, the negotiations had to be surreal. When
0: they, your, one of your famous actresses came out today. I, yeah. I don't remember the name. It's probably somebody you know. Anyway, she was 17 when he invited her to his room. He might not have known she was underage. But regardless, she was 17. Right. He offered her booze, answered the door in his robe. That's his go-to plan, apparently. Right. Uh, did it with everybody. So he was going to try to get a 17-year-old uh, feeling good with booze and then do whatever he wanted there. God, oh, it was he was and Beckinsale. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That is just that is absolutely unbelievable. And then all the handlers who would take mm-hmm. the women up to the room and drop her off with a berobed... Harvey Weinstein, where are these people now? Are they they? they Are they answering any questions? Yeah, wow. W-
2: way to deliver a child yeah. into the hands of a rapist. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news by Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West.
0: We should hit you with a little bit of the interview he did with Howard Stern a couple of years back, where, ah. he, where he talks about all oh, the old days of Hollywood, you could do that sort of thing, but no more. Because Howard was asking him about it. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. You wonder if he's uh, an anomaly or one of many. What would be your guess, Marshall?
2: I'd say one of many. Yeah, I'd wow. say I'd say it's standard operating procedure uh, at a lot of levels in uh, in Hollywood. I could wow.
1: believe he might be among the most egregious twenty yeah. percent or so, but by no means
0: unique. Right. I, I agree. I think he's an extreme example, but not the not anywhere close to the only person. Right. A little something about that family that was rescued in Afghanistan that maybe you didn't hear when the story first broke because we were all so happy that it happened. I'm still happy it happened, but it's kind of weird. Stay with us. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show. You probably heard the story about the American family rescued in Afghanistan from the Taliban yesterday. Well, there's, uh, there's some interesting things to know about that, so stay tuned for that. Okay. It's weird. It's a weird story. Um, but I'm always nervous when we do this. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel's unnecessary censorship. Just remind you once again: nothing dirty is actually happening here. It's completely clean. It's your it's your filthy imagination. It's filling in the the, the bleeps. You're let's point the finger at you. Wow. Hmm? Unnecessary censorship.
3: So let's start with health care. I saw that tweet this morning and started stroking my. Trying to figure out exactly what he's referring to. We want lower taxes, bigger paychecks, and <laughs> jobs for American
2: truckers. How often do you two
0: <laughs> <laughs> about once in 14 days? I have the direct number to White House, but I don't really want to him there because Melania is there. To the index and NFL coach is out of a job tonight after a video emerged of him a white. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Nothing dirty was said there. Everybody relax. <laughs> no, no. That, if you thought something dirty, then maybe you should take a look at yourself. How about the sad specter of Mal- Malink... Mm-hmm.
1: What, the old lady Trump? Ivana? Ivana selling yeah. her book. Anyway, what about the uh,
0: Taliban thing? So, it's uh, he's Canadian, she's American, and um, they are... Uh, she was seven months pregnant, and he decided to take her hiking in Afghanistan. That is freaking crazy. Dad of daughter, very unhappy with uh, his son-in-law saying yesterday on Good Morning America, who takes their pregnant wife to Afghanistan? Right. Um, so the headline was yesterday I want it, you to call me dad as I punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dad. Um, the headline yesterday was how awful it, awesome it was that, the, 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 that our brave guys were able to rescue this American family that's been held for five years. As uh, General Kelly said at the podium yesterday, they were basically living in a hole for the last five years. Yikes. Um, and it was cooperation between us and, us and Pakistan, which is a big deal. Pakistan, yeah, Pakistan showing a little, okay, we'll work with you. So Trump was hammering on that. But so the backstory on this, because it sounded weird to anybody, who takes their pregnant wife to Afghanistan to go hiking around, right? Then the news comes out he refused to get on the plane because it was an American plane. They're in Afghanistan at the airfield after he'd been rescued. Okay. He refuses to get on the plane. <clears throat> he says because he's afraid he will not be treated well because he was his previous marriage or girlfriend, either one, his previous love interest was the sister of a Getmo detainee. Oh, boy. Right. So that's the kind of guy he oh is. Oh, boy. So he's clearly one of them or 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 a wannabe or at least sympathetic. His 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 wife is probably looking at the pictures, unfortunately, in that culture of I just do whatever the man says Mm. and wear these clothes and to keep my mouth shut. And, oh, and the fact that they continue to have kids in captivity. Who freaking does that? You know what I think we should do? We were planning on having three kids. Let's not not let being held in a hole by the Taliban hold us back. Let's go ahead and have babies down in this hole with no health care, no, no nothing. Who knows what their future will be like? We'll go ahead and have kids. What the F is he doing? Yeah, okay. Clearly.
1: Clearly. He was was, uh, with the other guys.
0: If he's if not just raping her and having children with her in that hole, who knows? I'm glad the gallon of kids are free anyway. Yeah. Refused to get on the plane when they are rescued. All Fine, right, leave them. What?
1: Yeah, no. you stay. We'll take the wife uh, and I kids. I got a better idea. We got a plane heading for Cuba. The business end of Cuba. Gitmo. What a w- still
0: open. <laughs> still open for business. What a weird story. Yeah. Mm. Well... Glad the kids are all right. Oh, and the last words he heard, he says, was kill the hostages once we had uh, breached the door. Mm. But they got to the bad guys before. Wow. Uh, You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.